You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, welcome everybody to Kingdom Keys. We got the keys to the kingdom. We're going to keep you all updated. This is brought to you by Earlhead Pride. My name is Maurice Elston. I'm one of the contributors on Arrowhead Pride. I also got Price Carter, my brother, here with me, and Nate Christensen as well here with us. And we're all um, contributors for Arrowhead Pride. We're going to be doing a weekly podcast here where we talk about the keys to victory for the upcoming Chiefs game. So this week, of course, we got the Jacksonville Jaguars coming to town. We finally get a noon game, right? We've been getting a lot of <laughs> afternoon and night games. So finally got a noon game here in Kansas City. But um, we're going to be talking about the keys to victory to what we think would be the keys to victory for the Chiefs and um, against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's let's jump into this, though. We got we have some injury news come out today. Right. Um, Nate, what, what, what you hear come out today about some injuries for some of our Chiefs? Yeah, it's not a big injury report this week, but there are two noticeable injuries for the Chiefs. Uh, first, McCole Hartman has an abdomen injury. I don't know if he got it during the game or how he sustained that injury. But he did not practice at all this week, so he is out. Um, Jarek McKinnon has three injuries here. He has shoulder, knee, and hamstring. That sounds terrible. But he was full practice Wednesday and Thursday, limited on Friday. So something must have happened during walkthrough or something. He is questionable. And I think we, you know, we could talk about, like, what those guys contribute and, like, you know, are they going to be uh, yeah, missing in our game plan? Like Hartman being out, like like Price, what do you, what do you kind of think about like how that affects the Chiefs' offense? Does it affect it, or, or 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 do you think this is something the Chiefs won't miss that much? Yeah, I mean, I think both of those injuries are pretty substantial, right? Like Jarek McKinnon, it's very obvious that when the Chiefs are going to when they need a play, Jarek McKinnon McKinnon's the guy in the backfield, right. whether it be for pass protection or it be for pass catching, or you know he had a huge run. In the Raiders game a couple weeks ago, yeah. Jerk McKinnon's the go-to guy right now, which, you know, this might be a Clyde Edward Delaire indictment. I'm not necessarily sure, but Jerk McKinnon's the guy back there. And the big thing that McCole Hardman has brought this year, in my perspective, is the red zone threat. Like he's become right. their guy, their gadget guy down there. Now the good news is, is McCole Hardman's replacement's already here in Kadarius Tony, right? Um, he he's pretty limited in what he's going to be able to know in the playbook. So you know, I, I'm not expecting a three touchdown, you know, 300, or not 300, but 100 yard game from Kadarius Tony. But I do think that when they get down in that red zone, that that's where Tony and some of the in rounds and some of the, you know, motion in the backfield, I think that that's probably where he's going to come into play. So, and I mean, who knows, maybe this is the week that we see a little bit more sky more as well. Uh, I know like, you know, the punts are going to be a little scary because they put Hardman back there. And I think that's where Hardman sustained that injury was on that final punt. Re- oh, yeah, uh, final punt return. He got, yeah, he got, he got knocked pretty, pretty nicely back there. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but who knows? I mean, is, hopefully this is a Kadarius Tony thing. Uh, honestly, the McKinnon thing worries me a little bit, uh, but who knows? Maybe we'll see Ronald Jones. Maybe he's still alive. <laughs> All right. And, and, and that's, that's my thought process on it too, is like, 
I think losing McCole Hartman definitely from the pump return thing is going to be an effect, but it seems like they've been going to him a lot in that red zone. I do think Kadarius can fill in quite nicely on some of those jet sweeps and stuff like that. Hopefully we see Sky Moore snaps have increased, but it's like production have not increased. So I'm interested to see if some of this stuff can get him involved a little bit more. But I'm with you, Bryce, man. That, that Jared McKinnon loss, man, I, I think that's – more substantial than what we might realize because third down and, and his ability to pass protect, I think it is, it's going to be the big thing. Definitely as much as we pass the ball, I think that becomes a big one. Yeah, no, you brought up a like, big point there at the end. The pass protection is huge. Like Jerick McKinnon is this team's best pass protector and it's the one they trust the most. Pacheco, Isaiah Pacheco, he was, you know, kind of lauded pre-draft for his pass protection, but we haven't really seen that so far. Mm-hmm. And Claude Edwards-Alaire just hasn't been a great pass protector in the NFL. Well, I won't spoil it too much because we're going to talk about the Jags' defensive line, but that's really big. Some of those chips, especially against guys like Max Crosby, like have been really big this year. And if we miss that, that could really affect what the Chiefs do on third down. Hardman, I actually don't think is like would have a huge role this week, uh, besides maybe in their red zone packages. But like you guys mm-hmm. kind of mentioned – Red zone is a really big part of like what Andy Reid does. So he's going to have like time to get Kadarius Tony like a package. I'm sure they like practice that throughout the week, especially since McCole didn't play. So I would expect yeah. to see Kadarius in the red zone. Besides that, I'm not sure. But like I said, we'll, we'll kind of dive more into it. I don't think this is going to be a big McCollarman snap week. I actually think the Chiefs might go heavier. But yeah, let's just dive right into the kingdom piece. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so Nate, let, let's, let's start with you, man. Like, what do you think is, is a major key? to the Chiefs' victory this week. Yeah, so I think this is – I at least have a theory on this game. I was looking at stats the other day, and the Chiefs actually ranked number two in the NFL and cover two rate at around like 34%, which is not typical for what like the scheme has been the past few years. And my theory on it, it's you know pretty simple, is that they just haven't had the cornerbacks yet. And now we do. Like McDuffie's back healthy, Jalen Watson, Josh Williams, they're established, LeJerry Sneed is – like obviously playing really well. I think this might be the week we start to see more man coverage. If you look at Jacksonville, they really don't have like a elite burner as a wide receiver. Marvin Jones is more of a contested catch guy at the stage of his career. And even then he's not a separator. Christian Kirk isn't a guy who necessarily is a great man coverage beater, more of a slot option. Same with Zay Jones. So like I went and looked at Trevor Lawrence's heat map and Trevor Lawrence like does not throw past 20 yards. I actually looked here out of his past 174 passes, only 17 of them have gone past 20 plus air yards. This the the Jaguars just do not push the ball vertically. So where you see them succeed is more in the short game in the middle of the field. Well, if you're playing more man coverage and you're maybe dropping a guy like Justin Reed or Brian Cooks in the middle of the field, I think you can limit a lot of what they want to do offensively. I would try and play more man coverage. Let's see how it goes. You're going to have to play man coverage at some point going into the playoffs, right. into the stretch run here. So I think this is a good week for the Chiefs to try and play more man coverage, see how it goes. Even if there's some errors, I think this would be good like teaching tape. And I don't think Jacksonville has the receivers to necessarily burn us. And I don't think Lawrence is going to throw deep passes down the sideline enough. So I really hope we see more man coverage this week. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. I think I think getting McDuffie McDuffie back definitely will increase our chances of of man. I think uh Spags was kind of trying to to protect Jalen Watson and, and Williams as much as possible, you know, mm-hmm. in man coverage. But I think McDuffie has proven, you know, in his short time and in his college days that he can that you know that he can play the man to man and be the sticky guy. So 
I definitely think we'll see a lot, a lot more man this week than what we've been seeing. Right. Yeah. And I mean, when it comes to the back end here, like I think what the Chiefs have done in the back end is really impressive so quickly, right? They've got a lot of youth. They let Fitton walk basically for, you know, just salary cap space to Atlanta. So what they need to do is just be able to play teams the way that they are asking to be played. I mean, some of my frustration sometimes is that like they come out uh, and they've got Derrick Henry on the field with the Titans and they're playing too high to start the game. And then they eventually kind of start getting into that bare front where they had Willie Gay standing up on the edge. Right. So the Jags don't scare you deep down the field. So go up, be aggressive, press at the line of scrimmage. They've got the guys to do it. Um, You know, we know that Christian Kirk, who broke the wide receiver market, is a guy who plays a lot out of the slot. That's where Snead excels. Like, I expect to see Snead there, and I expect to see McDuffie on the outside. Marvin Jones, those guys don't scare you. Nate brought up a great point. Trevor Lawrence isn't throwing the ball downfield, and his accuracy when he throws down the field isn't great either. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I say this is a game that you let that secondary be the strength. And, you know, maybe that can provide some coverage sacks or something for the pass rush that is still down Frank Clark. Absolutely. Yeah, and one more thing with that, like it's not just this game; it could be going forward. I just pulled up the schedule. We have the Jaguars, then the Chargers, and the Rams leading into that Bengals game. I think it's going to be important going into that Bengals game that you have to at least be able to play some man coverage, not all the time, because you know Jamar Chase and T. Higgins are ball winners. But you need to at least establish that in case that's something you have to turn to. And especially this week, but the next three weeks are really good weeks for the Chiefs to try and turn up their man coverage rate and get these guys more experience. I definitely agree. I definitely agree. Great key, man. I think that's going to be a major key to the victory on, on Sunday. Price, what you think, man? What, what's going to be – what's the key for you for, to victory Sunday for us? Well, I think the thing that is challenging about the Jaguars is that they can present some of the same challenges that the Titans did for the Chiefs, right? Uh, a pass rush that can win with four or five, um, a, you know, a pretty multiple defense – you know, defense is really kind of a weak link system, and the Jaguars are chalked filled of really athletic young guys. There's a lot of top draft picks on that side of the ball. Um, mainly for me with the Jaguars, I think that the Chiefs' pass rush or the Chiefs, sorry, need to gate the pass rush of the Jaguars. There's a lot of good players on that defensive line. Now, when you look down at it, you're going to say, well, there's not a lot of great sack numbers. They have only 16 sacks on the season, which is 22nd in the league. However, if you look at pretty much all of their pressure rates, quarterback hits, hurries, they rank top five in the NFL. Um, so they're getting close to the to the quarterback. They're just not finishing. And additionally, with those pass rush snaps that they're getting, they're one of the lower blitzing teams in the league, uh, bottom half. So they're getting home with four traditionally, maybe five. Um, so there's going to be quite a bit of game gamesmanship on the defensive line. Uh, there might not be a bigger mismatch as far as athleticism goes on the field than Trayvon Walker and Orlando Brown, which is where I expect to see that matchup happen. Um, so I, you know, I think that looking at like what the Titans did, where they were kind of grouping pass rushers on the uh, left side of the line. So Orlando Brown was guaranteed a one-on-one on the far edge and took away that inside where Orlando Brown's stronger. I expect to see more of that. Um, the, the Jags don't have anyone that really pops at you, right? Dwayne Smoot, someone named Dwayne Smoot. I'm not, I'm not sure, but he's got five sacks for the Jags. Like he's, he's the guy who leads the Jags and pass, uh, and sacks, not future chief Josh Allen. Um, as you know, we have all tried to will on Twitter. So right. there's there's a lot of guys on there that all kind of are the same way. You've got five sacks, three sacks. Trayvon Walker's got two and a half sacks. Arden Key, who is a guy that a lot of us wanted to come to Kansas City in the offseason, he's got two sacks. But there's a lot of interchangeable pieces there. And if the Chiefs can keep the pass rush down, um, you know, avoid some of those stunts and games that they're going to play and just 
make them have to blitz to get pressure. We know that when Patrick Mahomes is blitzed, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league, uh, especially because the secondary of the Jaguars is definitely the weak point right now. There's quite a few injuries back there. Uh, I believe they have Shaquille Griffin, Griffin, who's still on the IR. Um, they can be had back there. So if we can get Pat three or four seconds of protection and get the ball out, I like their chances. Absolutely. I definitely think that's a big key. Um, if we can get Pat time, I think I, I think that we'll, we'll we'll definitely have a have a very dominant game on offense. But that's the thing, if we can get them time, right? Yeah. And I mean if we're if we're looking back to the Titans game, the difference between the Titans line and the Jags line is definitely Jeffrey Simmons. I mean, he's yeah. he's yeah. one of those Chris Jones level pass rushers from the interior. Trey Smith probably had one of his worst games as a chief. Um, he's been fighting off some injuries, but uh Jeffrey Simmons was giving him the business all day. And mm-hmm. You know, that's one thing that's encouraging. Arden Key can play down on the inside, uh, but he's, he's nobody's Jeffrey Simmons except Chris Jones and Aaron Donald. So, right. you know, we hope that the interior of the line, which is definitely where the chief strength is with Tooney, Creed, and Smith, can really, you know, help kind of protect those edges a little bit. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what I'm expecting that, you know, because the Jaguars, I mean, I feel like they got a strong defense in front, but it's not dominant, like, you know, and and if you look at the numbers, you're like, oh, they haven't done much, like you said. But I really feel like they 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 have ways that they can get home and some pressure, not necessarily always get there, but actually add some pressure. And that's why I kind of think going back to the McKinnon injury, you know, if he's not available, having that 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 one that knows how to pick up, step up, and chip and stuff like that, you know, may be missed. You know, you, you kept seeing them even on Sunday that they were shifting them out right to that edge. You know the line a lot you know to kind of get that little quick chip before he went out and stuff like that but i think that's a major key if we i mean i think that's a key every week right as you get pat time good night right for for mm-hmm. opposing defenses but i think on the back end of the secondary if we get pat time our receivers definitely can, 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 can get to work there yeah and i mean to your point too like looking at the defensive line the chiefs here are, are the jags are 10th against the run as well so that defensive line's pretty stout on both ends there right so the Titans game is just going to be eerily similar. We know that the Chiefs just wake up in cold sweats with the AFC South anyway. Like, they're just going to be their, their nightmare. Um, so, hopefully, this game isn't a replica. But, they, you know, going back to what the Titans did, there's a lot of their uh, similar things with the Chiefs. So, you know, hopefully Pat's not throwing 68 passes and only getting one passing touchdown. Uh, but, you know, going back to the McCole Hardman injury, I, I do think that will play a piece, right? Because if they're trying to get that ball out quick and – we saw like what the Chiefs did with the 49ers a couple weeks ago where they're stretching those pass rushers horizontally with the motion. Um, that, that's something that could be concerning. But again, Kadarius Tony is here. Um, we'll see what kind of impact he can have. Yeah, no, you brought up a lot of great points there. Just a couple stats to read off. They have three guys in the top 50 in pressures. Uh, Josh Allen is ninth in pressures in the NFL. Trevon Walker, Dwayne Smoot are both in the top 50. Um, Ron Cobb Jr. wrote this era at Pride this week. And on third downs and obvious passing downs, they like to put all, Smoot, Key, Josh Allen, and Trevon Walker all on the field, and they'll use them interchangeably. And that it's difficult to handle because they run a ton of stunts and games. Mike Caldwell, their defensive coordinator, has them really coached well to be aggressive and fly upfield. But we've seen the Chiefs face two really good passers this year in the Bucks and the 49ers, and they neutralized both of them. And I would actually say that's probably Andy Reid's biggest strength is like an overall game planner is his ability to like neutralize defensive lines. So you're going to, I think the chiefs will play heavier personnel, 12, 13 personnel. That way you can't put four defensive ends on the field because you have to worry about the run. So that gets them, you know, putting more defensive tackles on the field, a lot of motion, a lot of formations, screens, 
you you got to get a defensive line to slow down and th- just playing a gimmicky style of offense like it's going to help especially against this young defense so i think that's going to be a big emphasis this week from andy reed he's got to get heavier with formations he's going to have to run the ball a little bit more screens rollouts just try to get them to slow down as much as possible and keep some of those defensive ends off the field because if they can do that, I think they're going to be able to do like they, like you said, Price. They don't have great coverage players necessarily, but if you can get their passers to slow down, you're going to be able to score points. That's like the main thing that you have to worry about. And I actually, I'm pretty confident that Andy's going to be able to do it, but, but it's going to have to be a good game plan for sure. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I, def- I definitely agree with all of that. I, th- I think I, th- I think if we can get them, slow their pass rush down, we should be able to definitely score. It's mm-hmm. in-game adjustments. I, th- I think Andy will make the right adjustments if we come out and and, and it starts looking like ha- – because the Titans started off getting to them a lot. Then we made some adjustments on the offensive side of the ball. And Pat made some adjustments and used his legs. So we, we might see that again. Definitely if they try to play that man coverage on the outside, I think if Pat sees a lane, he'll use those legs again and, and take off for us. I think for me, like my, my my key is gonna be on the other side. Like I think disrupting Trevor Lawrence is gonna be huge, right? Because like like you said, Nate, he doesn't really push the ball down the field, so they're gonna to look to probably try to get the ball out of his hands pretty quickly. So I think a major key is really uh, getting to him quickly, whether that be by our front four or Spags drawing up some 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 blitzes. Um, that's why, like earlier, when Snead popped up limited on on the um, injury um, injury um, list this week, I was like, "Oh no, no, no! We need Snead because he's one of our best blitzers, right?" So when he when he showed up a full participant again today, I was like, "Yes, all right, we got we got Snead there." I think disrupting Trevor Lawrence because um, you can still kind of see some of that youth in him, like that he's not like just being a second year passer, still holds on the ball sometimes too long, still makes some bad decisions. Our defensive line. If they can play like they play second half of the Tennessee Titans game, if that's the defensive line, we can see um, Saunders. I mean, he, he, he's he been, like, stepping it up crazy lately here. If he can get that pressure and Chris Jones can keep, keep disrupting from the end, we've seen um, – I mean, from the middle, we've seen um, Carlos Dunlap, right, start taking off and coming around the end. Like, I think we you miss Frank Clark. You know, much of people probably not want to admit it. Frank Clark still does have a nice presence out there, but I think we still can get it done without him this week. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, when I watch Trevor Lawrence, like the number one thing he does well is like navigate pressure within the pocket. But like when he is forced out of structure, when he's forced to run, right. he's just he's 
physically he's like a good quarterback, but he doesn't have like elite traits like Herbert, Justin Herbert. Mm-hmm. So I I want to try and push him out of the pocket, especially for playing man coverage and make him throw like tight window throws. Because I just I don't think he has at least at this stage of his career, he hasn't like flashed that ability yet. I do like Chris Jones's matchup this week. I think he's gonna be able to attack their interior a bit. Jacksonville is pretty solid on both tackles, but I don't think they're, you know, they're not world beaters or anything like that. But yeah, I think you can blitz Lawrence. I'm going to try and force him out of the pocket a little bit and see if he can like make some throws on the run. I don't think they have the receivers, nor do I think Lawrence has shown the ability right now to really handle that. So yeah, I think this is a good blitz week and I think the Chiefs should be able to get some pressure on Lawrence. Yeah, and I mean, with the Jags, you know, they have a blossoming star that is uh, probably going to be one of the best at his positions. And no, I'm not talking about Trevor Lawrence. I'm talking about Travis Etienne, who I think is might be the the real, you know, kind of game breaker for the Chiefs. Uh, I think, you know, Mar- Maurice was talking about Frank Clark. I think that that's the spot that they're going to miss Frank Clark the most. He sets a great edge. And Etienne and Doug Peterson, you know, former chief offensive coordinator, they run that stretch zone. And Etienne, when he gets around the corner, he, he gets around it quick. And I think that that's a spot that's much different than – and actually, you know, if you think back to the Titans game, they were having some success with Derrick Henry running that stretch zone stuff, and then they just stopped. And then they start running, you know, like halfback dive glorified over and over again. Um, you can expect more of the same from Etienne. Now you feel better about the Chiefs now that, you know, Nick Bolton's on the field predominantly. Uh, Willie Gay's out there. There's a lot more athletes in the secondary than what the old Chiefs – you know, the old Chiefs, I think, you know, if we're talking Anthony Hitchens, Dan Swanson, there's a real athletic mismatch there. Right. Um so I do think that, you know, getting pass rush on Trevor Lawrence is going to be ideal. Additionally, the Doug Peterson is basically running the Alex Smith offense right now with uh, Trevor Lawrence. It, it is very eerily similar. And one of the things that reminded me the most, I was looking at uh, point totals by quarter. The Jaguars are one of the highest scoring teams in the league in the first quarter and the third quarter. So very much like those scripted plays, we can expect good things and for them to come out and look good. But when they, you know, to Nate's point, whenever he starts getting off schedule a little bit and we're not running, you know, p- plays that have been designed the week before or halftime adjustments, there is a lot less structure and a lot less success. So, you know, I think if we're sitting here watching the game and the Chiefs, you know, stop them on, you know, if they get a three and out, three and out and the Chiefs are up 10-0, we can feel really good about it because that they don't have that second half fight, you know, that the Chiefs and some of those other teams where the quarterbacks can make adjustments and analyze things and really kind of come back and figure out what the defense is doing. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, and I think though, like those zone runs, having the type of tackling that we have at corner, you know, when they're trying to run those outside zones, like Snead has always been a willing tackler. You kind of see that in McDuffie. That's kind of been his MO coming out of college as well as being a willing tackler. So I, hopefully, you know, having both of them uh, uh, solidified and hopefully shore up the end. But I think I, I definitely agree. Like that's where you miss Frank Clark the most. That is how he sets that edge. So, you know, hopefully Carlophis Car- and, and, and Dunlap can definitely give us some edge setting there. But I think, you know, getting getting Trevor Lawrence off, off, off his normal scripted read and making him trying to read through those progressions is where we can gear to get him at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. And like, like, you know, they come out really well in the script because I think Doug Peterson can kind of design like what he wants to do. But they just don't have enough talent right now to like win like throughout the middle part of the game. They just don't have the besides ETN, who is really, really good. But, like, Evan Ingram, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, like, these guys are fine NFL players, but they can't be the foundation of your passing game. And I think that's what they've been running into problems. Like, Doug Peterson's trying to scheme everything, and you just can't scheme everything in NFL. At some point, you need talent. And right now, they just don't have the talent to win. 
Facts. I definitely, I, I definitely agree with that. I definitely agree with that. So yeah. talking about talking about winning, right? So let, let let let's see what our what our predictions are. Like so 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 Price, let's start with you. How is this game going to go? What's your prediction? What what's the outcome you see happening on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, as you, as you alluded to, like it feels good for the Chiefs to finally have a noon game. I worry about that a little bit. The Chiefs, Andy definitely does hold back some stuff. Like it's very clear that we are. It is the long haul and the long play here. They rely on Arrowhead a little bit more than I'd like them to. But um, with the noon game, you hope it's not going to be too much of a letdown. This feels like a game that there's going to be times where we look down and be like, my God, man, like how are we how how are we in this game with the Jags? But it also feels like those type of game, the type of game where there's going to be a turnover that could really like change the the outcome of the game from the Jags, especially Trevor Lawrence, who's pretty prone. Um, I have the Chiefs winning 30-21. I feel like it's one of those games, again, that will be a two-point, you know, a two-score game that becomes a one-score game late whenever it's kind of out of hand. I just like the Chiefs to be able to make the big plays when they need to happen. Um, I think, you know, there's a lot of youth on that team in both good and bad ways. You know, I think the secondary here has a great opportunity. They're one, they're one of the last in the leagues in interceptions. I like, you know, Trip McDuffie to get his first pick here. Maybe one Thornhill grabs one Justin Reed. Um, and if the Chiefs can get out ahead, the Jags are not a type of team that can just come back. I know they came back from a 17-0 lead or uh, deficit against the Raiders, but that's more of a Josh McDaniels tweet yeah, than it is uh, a Jaguars tweet, you know. So uh, overall, I think, you know, this is the Pat Mahomes effect. These are the type of games that you go out and you win and you don't put out a lot, of, a lot out there on tape. You get out, you get healthy, and get ready for the Chargers. So hopefully this doesn't fall into that trap game potential. So I've got the Chiefs 30-21 over the Jags. All right, nice, nice. Nate, what you got, man? Yeah, I mean, look, the Jaguars are three and six. So you're going to hear that, and you're not going to think they're a great team. But, you know, they have a lot of metrics that suggest they are like a playoff-level team. They are, you know, third in passing success rate. They're 11th in run success rate. Doug Peterson has made their offense competent. I would say it's not special or anything like that, but it is competent. Like they are going to be able to score some points. Um, the surprise for me has been their defense. They haven't faced a great list of opponents, like by, for sure. But you know they've played well. They're 11th in passing success rate defensively. They're 10th in run to defense success rate. So Mike Caldwell has done a good job, and this is a well-coached team. Doug Peterson's done a really good job, but in the end, talent wins out. The Jaguars just don't have enough talent right now to keep up with the better teams in the conference. So while I think they're going to be able to keep this a little closer than we like, I ultimately think the Chiefs will pull this out. I have them winning 27-24. It'll be a little bit closer, but I think the Chiefs just pull away in the fourth quarter, have a long drive that maybe puts them up 10 points, and then the Jaguars score late. Because in the end, like while Doug Peterson will keep this game reasonably close with his coaching, it's just there's just not enough talent on either side of the ball to stop this version of the Chiefs. Okay, yeah, okay. I like that, I like that. Mine's kind of really saying I, I think that um it's going to be closer than what we would like like it to be, right? I think we're gonna we're gonna come out. I don't think we come out as strong as we should. I think we come out a little flat for some reason. I just have that feeling. I think it's gonna be a dog fight for three quarters. Cause that seems how it is against this for some reason against the AFC South. I think we 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 just have this dog fight with them. I think it kind of like that. Then I think in the fourth quarter, we finally start to step away hit a stride and, and just go up. I got a, I got us within 27 to 17. I think right now the Jacksonville Jaguars are only allowing opponents, I think 19.8 is what I've seen, uh, points per game. So they haven't been giving up a lot of points, but they haven't really played an offense like the Chiefs offense with this the type of skill set we have. So I think we end up winning by at least 10, 
But I do think, like Price said, it's going to be one of those games for the first three quarters. I feel like you're going to be looking at it like, why is this game this close? Like, why are we having to struggle with this team? But they're much better than what their three and six record does give you, does reflect. So I do think we end up pulling it out by about 10. But I do think for like three quarters, we we scratching our head wondering why this game is not a blowout. But then finally, we kind of put it away in the fourth. Yep, I agree. And it'll be a good test for the Chiefs. They're going to, they won't be able to just come out flat and win like they kind of did last week. But um, yeah, no, I still think, you, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, you know, I think when you look at the Jags too, like they, they've not really gotten blown out. Um, they play a lot of close games. Uh, so that is one thing that I've noticed that they, that they don't necessarily say die. Like I said, I don't think that they have the ability to really play from behind well. Uh, because of their struggles in the red zone and reliance on the running game. And Trevor Lawrence isn't a big down-the-field passer. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the Jags, they're young. They don't know what they don't know, right? So uh, this might be a game where they kind of come in, and the Chiefs are that target team. Everyone looks at them and says, these are the guys. These have these been the kings of the AFC here for the past couple of years. So until until proven otherwise, everyone's out to get the Chiefs. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's the keys to the kingdom, right? We got the kingdom keys. Um, that's our our keys for the week. We're going we gonna to see if they're going to play out, but I think those three things will be major things that's going to affect how the game is going to be played. Can we dis- disrupt Trevor Lawrence? Can our pass rush get there? And then, you know, how, do, how does the back end play um, against everything? And then how, do, how does our offensive line hold up? So I think these three things will be some major things that, that play a part in this game. But all in all, we all feel like the Chiefs will come out here with a victory on, on Sunday and improve our record. So. Let's go, Chiefs. Arrowhead Pride. Follow us on, on Twitter at Arrowhead Pride. Make sure you follow me at Reese Nichols on Twitter. You can follow Nate at NateCH32. And you can follow Price at Price Carter on Twitter. Hey, share your thoughts when you see this. Let us know how you feel. What do you feel like your keys to victory are? We'll be interested to hear them and see if they correlate with ours. Until next time, Kingdom Keys, we out. <laughs>